All right, good morning. Well, I get to go first to mess y'all up so that my wife can come and fix everything I said. Amen. Happy birthday, America. Come on, happy birthday, America. I'm never going to not be a patriot, amen? You know what I mean? I believe in this nation. You know, this, this uh, Wednesday night on the online ser- series, um, I was talking about our American flag, and we got it up here, and you know, that's so beautiful to me. I'm telling you, next to my wife, the American flag is the most beautiful thing to me because it means something to me, amen? You know, I had a great uncle that was on the Arizona that died when they, the Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor. My grandfather got a Purple Heart as he stormed the beaches of Normandy on D-Day um, to set France free from Nazi occupation. Come on, brother-in-law, my sister's wedding was postponed because he was sent to Iraq and Desert Storm. My cousin went to Kandahar, Afghanistan. Literally, almost every American war, there has been a direct blood family member of mine that has been deployed. Uh, and, you know, and, and I believe in the way of freedom. And, you know, my corporate office, you know, is based in Philadelphia, and I stood in Independence Hall when the Second Continental Congress met, and they they signed the Declaration of Independence that we are people, in order to form a more perfect union. See, the word didn't say it was perfect. America's not perfect, but it was better than what they have. And I'm telling you today, despite all of our problems and issues, this is better than what we've any other nation has. And, and, and you know, there's the foundation of God in our nation. And, uh, and I talked a little bit about Valley Forge. And, you know, this is not rhetoric. You can go read it in the, in the Continental uh, Library of Congress in Washington, D.C. You know that George Washington had an angelic encounter in Valley Forge. And in and, and, and Valley Forge, an angel appeared to him, and he, he said, Son of the Republic. Come on, we're not, we're not a nation found by kings and monarchies, but we are a republic, amen? And, and God is bringing us back to our roots in this time, and there's things that are being laid bare, but did this angel visit him and started to, to impart into him, and it was in that place in Valley Forge where thousands of our soldiers were dying from sickness and disease, and they didn't have clothes, and they didn't have food, and it was all sure but over for the American army, and God sent angelic help. Come on, God sent angelic hope to strengthen our leader, amen, that he would rise up and be girded with strength, and then there was a turn in the war in Washington in the middle of the winter time. I think it was Christmas Eve or Christmas night, I can't remember the exact date, crossed the Delaware, took the enemy by surprise, and ended up winning the American Revolutionary War. There's great moves of God that happened in this nation, but there's a greater one coming that we have yet to see. And I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, you know, one of our good uh, friends, you know, I say friends, someone that we know, someone knows your name, I call him friends, Hank Kuhneman. He started the prophecy. I was, Beth and I were sitting there on New Year's Eve, Nanny and them came over and we, Beth and I watched the prophets on New Year's Eve because that's what we do. We don't get in all that crazy stuff. We eat a lot of food. We watch the prophets and we pop fireworks. Hey, you know, sounds like a good day to me. And Hank started the prophesy that God said, look to the sign of the flower. And at that time shall be the turning. And everybody started sending pictures. Oh, we've never seen this flower bloom this early before and all this stuff. But what, really what it was and what we have seen a fulfillment of that is the flower 
represented the super moon that just passed and, and when that super moon came out then all this stuff started to come out about emails about some of the things that they've been hiding from us and and, and there's going to be more and more and Arizona is the only the beginning and we're going to see streams of state after state after state do this and I'm just going to tell you there's going to be a turning there's going to be a turning and God said in, in the, one of his latest prophecies, and then I'll move on to the word of God because some people might get mad at me, but that's okay. I'm fighting for this nation. God said that I will turn up the heat. He said, I will turn up the heat. And I'm going to tell you, in the Northwest, there is record heat going right now. I mean, even so, it's so hot that people are dying. And he says that in your summer months, it's going to get hotter and hotter and more and more. And people will start to turn on each other. And you just hold on for August. So some things are about to happen that is going to make people's heads spin. But I'm going to tell you what, the greatest rescue operation that has ever been in the, the world, because it's not just about America, but it's about freedom in the world. And it's about the gospel, because if we don't have freedom for from, if we don't have the freedom to come and celebrate and to worship him, then how can the church of Jesus Christ going forward? The church is no good if we're shoved in the underground and we have to worry about being shut down about certain things because we say certain things or, you know, there's the next virus that they want to separate all of us from and pull each other away from us. So, you know what? We have to have people in leadership that are going to allow us the freedom and liberty to worship. I don't care if they're morally perfect. I just want them to lead the church alone. Amen? Because you know what? We pray for them, right? But not every world leader is going to be a moral person. That's just the real deal. They're not pastors. They're leaders. They're different. If they were a pastor, they're judged by a different standard. They're not Christian leaders. We just need them to allow us to have the freedom to do what God wants us to do. Amen? So I'm going to pray, and then we're going to get into this word, because, you know, there's some things. I'm, I'm I, you know, we're, I was like, Beth. I love 4th of July. I mean, I just, I love this day. Uh, it's so sacred to me. Um, but it's also Christmas in July, and, you know, we didn't get to last night, and I was, like, thinking about what I'm going to say today, and they say, I'm an angry elf, you know what I mean? I, but I'm going to tell you what, I'm beyond angry. I'm ticked off, you know. It's, I'm beyond angry. Listen, and, and I'm just going to say this one last thing, then I'm really going to get to the Word, because my wife, she's a much better preacher than me, and she looks a lot better. So, um, you know, the smart man always uses his best assets. And uh, anyway, uh, but what really has me ticked is what they're trying to do to our children. They're writing a book for children under 13 to normalize abortion and to put it in our schools. I'm going to tell you what, no teacher better ever give Bo any lesson like that, or y'all might see me on the news, amen, and y'all just pray for me. <laughs> Because they're going to come after your children. The devil, he comes after your children while they're young to put seeds in them to make things that are anti-God seem normal so that when things like that start happening around them, they no longer can discern between good or evil and they have become numb. And you know, and if we're not careful, Beth and I kicked cable out of our house about a year ago and it's been wonderful because if we're not careful, we'll come become so desensitized to things where 10 years ago things would have shocked you now it's like it's normal but it's not normal and this is not what God has called us to do and this is not what God has created and so I'm going to pray and we're going to get in the word because I, I, I said Lord I, there's so much I could talk about he said yeah but people need to know that I love them 
despite all that's going on. So I'm going to talk about the love of God this morning. Amen. Father, I just thank you for this day, Lord. I ask that you would stir the Holy Spirit in this place, O oh God, Father, that you would move upon people, O oh God, Father, that your presence would be felt, Lord God, that you would encourage us, sign wonders, miracles, prophecies, O oh God. Holy Spirit, you have your way in this service, and I'll stop talking at any time you want me to, Lord. Father, we just give you this day, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. So 1 John chapter 3, it says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. You know, I want to encourage you today, no matter what you're going on, you are a child. Come on, you are a son or a daughter of the Most High God. And that's something to be proud of, amen? And in and, and that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. See, a long time ago, I, you know, when I first, I, I grew up in the world, and I got saved at 22 years old, and I had to go through this whole transformation process, and then I just suddenly didn't fit in the places I used to fit in, and I felt so much rejection because I grew up with the same people my whole life, and it's like, now I just feel like an oddball. But God told me, he said, stop trying to fit in because you'll never fit in because they don't know me, and you belong to me. Dear friends, we are now children of God, and we will be has not yet been made known. What we will be has not yet been made known. We shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. I want to see the Father as he is. Amen. I don't want to just have some academic understanding of God. I want to see him. Come on, you can read about people. I can read about my wife, but until I see her, I'll know her in a different level. And all who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. For everyone who sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness. This is crazy. We've got, you could just see it. There's lawlessness trying to rise up in our land. And, the, and Satan, the Antichrist himself, is called the man of lawlessness. You cannot have an absence of law, period. But you know that he appeared so that he might take away our sins, and in him is no sin. The Word of God says that he who became sin, come on, he wasn't sin, but he, he didn't take on our sins, he became it to replace the filthy things inside of me. No one who lives in him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen him or known him. You want to know how they know God? Look at their life. If they continue down a path of destruction, they don't know him. Come on, this is the word of God. You, can, you know, when I was drinking whiskey on the back of a tailgate at Friday night, listening to country music, hanging out at my friend's place to buy you, I could say I knew God, but I didn't know God. I heard of God. Come on, I could talk about God. I can say that, you know, everyone, but, but I didn't know God. Come on, I was so far from God. If he tapped me on the shoulder, I wouldn't know what to do. Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. For the one who does what is right is righteousness, just as he is righteousness. The one who does what is sinful is of the devil, because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. Listen, sin, Satan, real easy. Lying, Satan, real easy. He's the father of all lies. Amen. That's right. If he's talking, he's lying. For... Um, 
No one who is born of God will continue to sin because God's seed remains in them and they cannot go on sinning. Now, this is why I'm so anti-abortion, because you're killing your own seed. Come on. And God has come for the generations. God has come for Beth and I, but he he has come for our children and our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren, and he has destiny inside of them. Every child has destiny inside of them. Amen? And and, and, and it is us as responsibility as parents and grandparents and spiritual fathers and mothers to awaken destiny inside of people. But if we start killing them off before they even get out of the womb, how are they going to come and impact this world? How are they going to bring glory to God, for the glory of God shall cover the world, uh, the earth as the waters covers the sea. And it is our church, our, our mission church, our mission now is to bring the glory of God into the, this world. God is looking for sons and daughters that will glorify him and bring his glory in the places and usher in a presence and a move of God like we've never seen before. He says, this is how we know we are children of God and who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not do what is right is not God's child, nor anyone who does not love their brother or sister. For this message you have heard from the beginning, we shall love one another. Come on, we have to love one another. Sometimes it's tough, but we have to love one another. You don't have to like everything they do, but you do have to love them. Amen. Do not be like Cain who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brother's was righteousness. Do not be surprised, my brother and sisters, if this world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love each other and anyone who does not love remains in death. Come on, we need to be alive. We need to love. Anyone who hates a brother or, or sister is a murderer, and you have no mur- and you, that you have no murderer who has eternal life residing inside them. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay our life down for other brothers and sisters. For if anyone has material possessions, sees a brother or sister in need, but has no pity on them, How can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and truth. And I'm going to wrap up in just a minute. This is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence. If our hearts condemn us, then we know that God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive from him anything we ask because we keep his commands and do what pleases him. And this is the command, to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he commanded. The one who keeps God's commands lives in him and he in them. And this is how we know that he lives in us. We know it by the spirit that he gave us. God's greatest command is to love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and strength and to love your neighbor as yourself. Listen, as, as people of God, we will never get it right until we have forgiveness extended to every person on this earth. Listen, if he forgave me, Look, I'm going to tell you, my sin was great. I'm just be real, you know. I, all of our sin was great, if we would be honest. You know, all, all of our sin was great. We all came up in a dysfunction. Come on. 
I'm going to share this real quick. It's not in my notes, but listen. And then my wife's going to come, so she has some time. When Adam and Eve were in the garden, they walked with God. There was no separation. There was not a moment where they could not reach God. There was not a moment where they didn't feel his presence. There was not a moment where they couldn't enter into the mind of God and have fellowship. For we were made in his image and his likeness. And likeness means to look like him. But then the serpent came. And and God told them not to eat of the tree. Now listen, that was their tithe to the Garden of Eden. They could have anything in there. But the one tree that God set apart for himself, he said, do not eat of this. And it was a test to them. Could they obey God? Or would they allow the flesh of man to rise up and take and eat of the forbidden fruit? And, 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 and the serpent said to her, for God, he said, surely you won't die. For God knows if you eat of this tree, you will know both good and evil. Listen to me, before Adam and Eve took part of the fruit, and they say it's an apple, I don't think it was really an apple, but it's okay. Whatever the fruit was, their eyes were open, and for the first time, they understood good and evil. But before that, all they knew was good. Now, the first Adam lost it. But the second Adam came. Come on, Jesus Christ. And I'm going to tell you what started on one tree to cause death and destruction was ended on a second tree. Come on. And now the whole intent of God sending Jesus was to bring us back into the place of the Garden of Eden where we could walk with God in the cool of the day and that we only know good and that we have the mind of Christ. And that's why Paul writes, if you know, think upon these things. And so, the, you know, we live in a world that's fallen. But God doesn't desire us to know evil. And a matter of fact, the Word of God says when increased knowledge comes increased sorrow. And there are just some things... We don't need to know. And, we, and, and I just feel the call of God bringing his church back to the original tent that we can walk with God and only know good and that we will not be involved in evil in our lives. And so um, I hope this challenges you today. There's a lot of things we can get upset about, but there's a lot of good going on. Amen. And, and uh, God, he loves us. And through all this, we must keep and remain in his love. Yes, forgiveness. We have all been forgiven. Thank God. We've been forgiven. So we need to forgive others or God can't forgive us. It was an awesome message. Thank you so much. Um, I, uh, I'm 20 weeks pregnant today, so we're halfway through and I'm feeling good. I'm trying to stay active and, uh, you know, all that, which is easy with a four-year-old, almost four-year-old. And so, um, I went my 16-week appointment, I went to the doctor and my doctor who delivered our son, um, you know, who I've been, you know, seeing for years and, and he delivered our son. I was like, okay, this is, you know, I'm familiar with this doctor. This is going to be a good experience. And so he met with me in my 16 week appointment and said, 
I'm no longer doing deliveries. I said, what? And I said, well, who's your favorite doctor in the group, you know? And so anyway, of, needless to say, for three hours, I was freaking out, you know, because at that time they wouldn't let, you know, my husband couldn't come in because of all, you know, the stuff and uh, the restrictions and everything. And, uh, and so after three hours, I got myself together. And, uh, I, and so and we found another doctor. And I see her this week. And so it'll be good. But for a moment there, I was having fear, right? And, and I was, you know, I needed to surround myself with voices like Josh and my mom and others to kind of get me together, you know, because it's, it's faith that, you know, uh, helps us or, or that we have to have in, in our life when there's things that we don't expect that are out of what we had planned. Um, then, and then it interrupts it, fear comes in. It's, it's the natural, it's the human nature for when our plans are not, uh, they're interrupted, but it could be that God is interrupting that for a specific reason, that God interrupts a lot of our, our uh, plans because he has something greater. And when we give our life to the Lord, then he orders our steps. Amen. And so um, I'm talking to this morning about faith, about faith. And I want to share uh, another personal, this is more serious story um, that I don't, I have never shared. I know Josh has shared it before, but um, after Bo was born, his doctor noticed, you know, uh, like, I can't remember how many days it is. You go to the first doctor's appointment and, uh, and um, we go there and which I was a total mess, emotional basket case, because, you know, it just happens after delivery. And, um, and then I had some physical things going on as well uh, that we were unaware of. And so, um, but the doctor shared there's something wrong with his heart, that there's, you know, there's an abnormality with his heart. So he, he referred us to a, a pediatric cardiologist. Like, we didn't tell anybody. We just told my parents. We told his mom. And we just asked them all to pray with us. And so we went to the um, pediatric cardiologist. And I, I'm not going to know. I don't remember the exact, uh, the medical term, and I'm not worried about that, but on our heart, there's two separate, they have a right and a left artery, and that helps with the blood flow and all that stuff. Well, um, what they were telling us is that both arteries were on one side. And the, the problem with that is that it could prevent like an activity, like if he was in um, hardcore sports or things like that, you know, we would need to be cautious that nothing would happen. Basically, we need to look at surgery and then they could reattach it. And, you know, I'm like, oh, goodness, you know, like we were like, what? You know, and going to the pediatric, you know, cardiologist, we were just a nervous wreck anyway. Like, what's going on, you know? And um, and he's, you know like weeks old and our son and our first son. And, you know, um, we were just praying and believing. We, we made a decision. We're not going to tell anybody because we don't, we need to protect our faith right now. And we, everybody, even in the body of Christ, some of them mean well, but they'll come and tell you stuff. That's not what you need. And when you're trying to protect your faith. And so we, uh, we had some, um, people, we went to a conference shortly after, and we had, um, there was some phenomenal men of God that were there. And not only were Josh and I praying, but also, my parents were praying, and we asked the these uh, other guests here again. We had not told anybody any about anything about this, and um, they were praying for him. And so we went back to our doctor's appointment, the pediatric, uh, just the, the pediatrician, and he was listening to his heart again. He said, uh, he said everything sounds good. We went to the, back to the um, pediatric cardiologist, and he said, what we 
thought we saw before is no longer there. And I said, that's our God. Amen. That's our God. Because, you know, I mean, that's so exciting. And it was our now faith that carried us through. Had we not had faith, we wouldn't have received that second report from the pediatric cardiologist that he is fine. You know, we were looking at, we would have to have surgery. They'd have to, you know, take an artery and reattach it to the other side. And they're like, make sure he doesn't get, if he gets too winded when he, you know, or if he's active and he doesn't, you know, he tries to slow himself down. I'm like, my child does never slow down. (laughs) He doesn't take naps, you know, he's fine. You know, there's nothing wrong with him because the Lord healed him. The Lord performed a creative miracle, and it wasn't our fear that healed him. It was our faith in God that healed him. Amen? And so it was our now faith. It was our now faith. And our son is a miracle son, a miracle child. Not only in that instance, but he and I shouldn't be here today because the enemy had an agenda, but God had a plan. Amen? And we had people that prayed for us. You know, surround yourself with people who have faith and that you can tell things to that won't destroy your faith. Amen? I'm talking about now faith. You know, no miracle has ever been performed out of fear. Amen? But it's always been through faith, always been through faith. Faith is something that, you know, that we have to work at, though. You know, like I was sharing, being transparent, you know, for three hours, you know, (laughs) about four weeks ago when, you know, I I had to work myself out. And then even after that, you know, I had to kind of work work my way, you know. And, And but the Lord says that if we have faith the size of a mustard seed, that we can move a mountain. So if I move, if I have the size of a mustard seed and then I move the mountain, then my faith is going to grow bigger than that. And every time that I exercise and work my faith, then my faith is going to get bigger and stronger. And, and I have, you know, a history of, God, of miracles that, well, when I face an obstacle, but God did this, he's going to do this again. He's going to pull me through. Faith doesn't just happen and you don't receive faith by accident. But, you know, it's, it's intentional and it has to be worked. It's not easy, but it's worth the work of it. And of course, as you probably have figured out, my text this morning is Hebrews 11.1. 1. Just this one verse. This is, I just want to talk about this one verse. And I believe that the Lord has been stirring. I know he's been stirring my heart about this verse because I know people are dealing with needing a faith boost in their walk. And it says this, it says, now faith. Somebody say, now faith. Now Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You know, when you look at now and the definition of now, it means at the present moment or immediately. At the present moment or immediately. Immediate faith, when trials come, where I grow so strong in the Lord that when the enemy tries to hit me, then immediately my response is faith because it's the substance that are things hoped for and it's the evidence. There's going to be evidence of my faith coming out of this situation that my son shall be healed. No matter what the pediatrician, the cardiologist is saying, you know, it took me a minute to get my now faith. You know, I was hit with some information, but then I started strengthening myself in the word of God, and he and I begin to strengthen and sharpen each other, and we begin to pray, we begin to, you know, uh, surround ourselves with people, a very small group of people, because we didn't want 
everybody to be talking about it and worried about it and then making us, you know, but it was immediate faith. We have to, God has called us to immediate faith. Now faith, now faith to rise up. Faith is, is uh, and then also substance, it means a support, groundwork, confidence. It means reality, it means essence. You know, faith is not presently seeing the change in your situation, but it's having full confidence that you will see. It means that Everything in my life may seem like chaos, and it is chaotic, and everything in my life is not going right, but my faith says all this is going to line up with God's word, and my faith says that as I declare God's word, and I prophetically decree, and I speak out on my faith, not just to have faith and just believe it, but to speak out the faith, then that's what's going to cause things to turn around, and that's going to be the evidence of my faith of my now faith. You know, some of us are living on past faith. Some of us may be living on yesterday's faith, and that's great what he did. Even the stories I'm sharing with you, that's great what he did. And I will forever remember him healing our son, a creative miracle for his heart. I mean, it's amazing. He's also been prophesied over, uh, you know, prophets that are, that are like real prophets, not the fake ones, the real ones, and, uh, and prophesying over them, not knowing his story and saying he has healing anointing on his hands. And I'm like, but you don't, you don't even know the story. How amazing is that? I know that they were on point. I don't even know that God healed him, you know? And uh, it, it's now faith. Faith is now Faith is now. So God intended for our faith to be immediate when circumstances rise up against us, that our natural response against adversity is my faith. I have faith in God. I trust God. He's going to pull me through this. It doesn't matter what it looks like, but I have now faith. I have immediate faith that's rising up within me. My faith is the groundwork for the miracle. I'm planting seeds of faith in this soil because then I'm going to see the evidence of that. I'm going to see the fruit of my faith for my family, for my family members that are not serving the Lord. I have faith that there's a turnaround. Amen. I have faith that my faith is the groundwork. It's the substance. It's the groundwork for the souls to come back to the kingdom. It's the groundwork and the salvation is just going to be the evidence of the faith. Amen. It's going to be evidence of my faith. Um, faith is the groundwork. We're not supposed to accept the natural realm as our reality as believers. As believers, we do not. We refuse to accept we are aware of what's going on, but we refuse to accept it into our spirit, amen, that this is the reality. But our faith, amen, our faith begins to push things, begins to push heaven and bring it down. My faith brings heaven down. Okay, there's chaos going on. There's all kinds of things going on, but my faith brings heaven down to the reality. And I decree and I declare that God's word is going to be uh, manifest in my now, in my natural. And that has to do with our now faith. My immediate faith, hallelujah, there's no sickness or disease in heaven. There's no depression in heaven. There's no suicidal thoughts in heaven. There's no torment in heaven. So my faith pulls heaven to my reality because I'm not going to be pushed. I'm not going to be swayed by what's going on around me because I live by faith. I live by faith. Amen. Hallelujah. It is faith that will activate God's will in your life. My present time faith. Amen. My media faith. My now faith. It is active.
active. Amen. Come on. We just need to even, even if you're feeling like you have no faith, I declare and I decree out loud that my faith is active and that my faith is about to change my tomorrow. Come on. Somebody's going to get this today. That it doesn't matter what's going on in your natural, that I'm going to activate my now faith and tomorrow is going to change. Amen. My, my future is going to change and it's not going to be a, a long ways off, but it's going to be, it's going to be soon. It's going to be now. Amen. It's going to be now that things begin to change. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When obstacles come my way, my immediate response needs to be my weapon of faith. It takes time to get to that place. Amen. I can't say I'm pushing myself. I'm preaching to myself this morning and saying that I'm going to have now faith. Whenever any adversity comes towards me that I'm not going to second guess, but I'm going to exercise my faith to have now faith. Amen. That faith is going to be immediate, my immediate response to the enemy. And that's what's going to cause a miracle. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm not living on yesterday's faith. I'm not even living on tomorrow's faith, but I'm living on now faith. Amen. Because that's what Hebrews 11.1 says is that now faith is a substance. Now faith, that's the groundwork. Now faith is the groundwork. Hallelujah. Of things hoped for. There's things that I hope for. And there's things that, that we all hope for about situations in our life. Faith is what caused those hopes to be manifest into the reality, which is what we call miracles. Amen. I want to tell you this story really cool. How many of you ever heard of Smith Wigglesworth? Love reading of, you know, the um, those who have paved the path in faith. Amen. And miracles. Catherine Kuhlman, you know, Mariah Woodworth Edder. Uh, I mean, the list goes on and on. And uh, this is so cool. And I shared this on a Wednesday night a few weeks back. But, um... His, he was preaching in a revival when somebody comes up to him and puts a note on the podium and the note read that your wife just passed away. Well, he put the note aside and he continued to preach the message. He had an altar call. He finished the service, went back home to his wife who passed away, took her, threw her up against the wall, called life back into her and resurrected her from the grave. And she said, what are you doing? I was in the presence of the Lord. Let me go. (laughs) That was now faith. That when you are preaching in the middle of a crusade and you get a note that your spouse is dead. I mean, I I, I mean, I I would love to say, yes, that would be me. I would. I don't know. I don't think so. You know, I'm not there yet. You know, but he had the faith to believe that. You know, I'm going to handle this message. I'm going to do it because I know that whatever time I get there, I'm going to raise her from the dead. That was now faith. That was now faith that he was not worried about the circumstance. He was not worried about anything else going on because he knew that he carried the presence of the Lord and his faith would raise her up from the grave. And she said, what are you doing? Leave me alone. I'm in the presence of the Lord. (laughs) I mean, you know, I mean, what do you do after that? I mean, you know, I don't know. So as I'm, as I'm closing today, I want to ask, are you living off of yesterday's faith? 
Or are you riding off of somebody else's faith? Now, let me tell you, there's sometimes I got to live, I got to ride off of somebody else's faith until my faith gets a little bit more sharpened. There's nothing wrong with that. There are times where we're, we're in a um, weak moments, you know, like, like even the story I just told you about Smith Wigglesworth, well, she was dead. I wouldn't say that it was her faith that raised her from the grave. It was his faith that somebody else's faith had to perform a miracle. So it, it, there are times where that we have to, uh, uh, you know, ride off of somebody else's faith because we don't have it for ourselves. But God is calling us for us to have faith for ourselves. Amen. And for us to operate in that level, God wants you to activate that faith today in your life. And so, you know, uh, and that's, that's, that's just what, that's the whole message today is, and I'm hoping that you, I know that you got from what Josh was sharing and uh, about God's love and about forgiveness and, and how that, you know, we need to love our neighbor, no matter what's going on. We don't have to accept love. Doesn't mean I accept everything. Amen. Love, love means I, I, I see your sin. I'm praying for you. I do not accept your sin. We draw the line there, but I love you as a person. I love you as a person. Don't push your stuff on me. Don't try to cram down on my throat, you know, the agendas that are out there. Uh, and, and I'm making a stand for holiness. And I'm, you know, and, and, but I can love you, but I don't accept. So we can love our neighbors. We can love our neighbors. And, and we need to forgive. And then we also need to be activated in our faith, to have now faith. And so I just want to give an opportunity for prayer. If anybody wants prayer, I want to give that opportunity. God, we ask that you would just minister to every need. God, those of us that are dealing with difficult situations and need a boost of faith. God, it's, it, we thank you that we can, God. Other people's faith can help us out in weak moments. But God, we ask that you would strengthen our faith today, that we would have now an immediate faith that would rise up within us. Hallelujah. We thank you, God, that for those of us that need to forgive, God, that we, you would help us, God, to forgive. Forgive those. If we just even, if we don't feel it, we just say it out loud until we can start feeling it. God, that you can work on us and cause healing in our life. God, so that we can forgive. God, help us to begin to emit your love. Oh, God, we thank you for that. We thank you for that today. We ask that you would just minister to every circumstance, those uh, that we're praying for, oh, God. We thank you that our, our faith, our now faith, is working right now. God, and is working in those situations to draw people in to, your, to the kingdom. In Jesus' name, if there's anybody who wants prayer, amen. Anybody else want prayer? Josh and I are happy to pray for you. Anybody else? Um, and then uh, Herman's going to come in just a minute to do communion. But Lord, we just thank you.
right. Herman's going to come do communion in a minute. Does anyone else need prayer? You know, I'll just share this real quick as he's coming. You know, the moment I heard, and Bo was eight days old, that my son had a heart issue. And that was after Beth and Bo got put back in the hospital the day we got home. You know, we were sitting there eating dinner, and the doctor called and said, Beth, if you don't get to the hospital right now, you could die. And so my wife, three days pregnant, I mean, three days after birth, sitting there taking her to the hospital, they're injecting IVs in her. And then four or five days later, we go to his first appointment, and now we find out that he has a heart issue. And uh, I sit there, and, you know, you think a lot of things, you know, as a parent. And I heard the voice of God say, and he reminded me of the scripture, and when the disciples asked the man, he said, why was this man born? Was he born blind because of his sin or his parents' sin? God just dropped this. He said, neither. He was born so that the works of God can be displayed in his life. And I held on to that scripture that Bo was born so the power of the works of God could be displayed in his life. And, you know, she was just saying, I'll just go ahead and say their names, but we were at Bishop Sarona's church, and one of, one of the most inspired men that I, 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 I love a God that I, I follow is Bill Johnson at Bethel Church, and Bill Johnson was there. And they always talk about honor. They, Bethel Church is known for honor. I'm going to tell you this. They will go overboard to honor each other. They don't tear each other down, even though they may not agree with everything all the time. And so Bill Johnson prayed over Bo, and I looked at him, and I said, thank you, sir. And he said, it was my honor. And to hear that after he prayed spoke so much to me because you can preach a message, but at the end of it, you preached a two-hour service and you're praying for someone, and that literally comes out as your response. It tells me that is inside of him. And so um, anyway, I just encourage, as Beth was talking about, if there's a trial you're going through, find the Word of God. It is our greatest weapon that we have to fight. Amen. How y'all doing this morning? Wasn't that powerful? I mean, just a testament of faith, just a testament of the miraculous that can take place in our lives when we absolutely surrender everything that we are here on earth, and we just hand it over to our Father, all of our problems, all of our issues, all of our discouragement, all of our fear, any doubt that we may have, just surrender it all to him. You know, today's a, today's a day of celebration, but what a phenomenal job that, that our two pastors there just did at just giving examples of how no matter what's going on around us in our world and the time that we're going in, we've got to have strong faith. Today's the 245th uh, birthday of our country, of a declaration of independence, and not a single day has gone by where we don't need to have faith. Faith is so important. Faith is one of the founding reasons why this country was formed in the first place. It's actually the sole reason this country was formed. Uh, recently, I was watching uh, a speech by the uh, lieutenant governor of North Carolina. You might have heard of him before. His name is Mark Robinson. He was speaking at the uh, Faith and Freedom Coalition. They were having a trade conference. And he's a remarkable rising star um, in his political party, but he's also a man of faith. And that's what he believes in. That's what he was founded in. That's what he was growing up in. He grew up in the church. 
and I encourage all followers to take a couple minutes, only a 15-minute speech, take a couple minutes, go on YouTube and just search it and listen to his speech that he gives on faith and that he gives on freedom and how the two are intertwined, how you can't have one without the other. There would be no freedom if there wasn't any faith. And that's why we're all here. That he believes that this nation that we live in, that it's blessed beyond measure. Why? Because in the Declaration of Independence, our founding fathers wrote, we hold these truths to be self-intimate, that all men are created equal. And here's the key part. This is the most important part that follows that no one ever wants to say, that they are endowed by their creator. It says it in print. We're endowed those inalienable rights by who? By God, by our creator. The freedom that we enjoy today, it is endowed by God. It's given to us by our creator. So everything that we must do, we must give him glory. We must give him thanks. We must be thankful for every single minute and moment that we have on this earth, in this country. Because it wasn't, it wasn't given to us just because of privilege. It wasn't given to us just because of simple existence. It was given to us because of the blood that was shed, and it was given to us by God, our Creator. This nation was founded on faith. This nation was created for the sole purchase of freedom of religion. The original settlers founded this country simply because they did not want to follow the Church of England. If you do, your, do a little bit of homework, and you'll find out. They fled Great Britain. They fled the UK. Why? Because they wanted to come to a land where they could worship their God. They wanted to be free to worship. And that's why this country was created on the foundation of faith. There's no other nation right now on the face of the planet that exists for the sole purpose of worshiping and praising God. This country was founded for that reason. Faith is so strong, and our pastors just did a phenomenal job of giving so many examples about how miraculous faith can be in each and every life. So there's nothing that you're going through right now that is too much for our God to handle. You are blessed beyond measure. You have the miraculous power that's living in you. It's walking with you with the Holy Spirit every single day. We're going to get ready to go into communion. Thank you, Carter. He's got the, got the sacraments. And you know, the wife and I were talking yesterday, and I was like, I got, I got to speak on communion. I don't, I don't know what I'm talking about yet. And she said something unbelievably clever, and because she's just like the most clever woman that I know on the entire face of the planet. Uh, she said, you know, babe, blood always has to be shed for freedom. And I thought about that for a moment. And I was like, yeah, you know, blood does have to be shed. She said, you know, Soldiers had to die so that we could be free. And Jesus had to die so that we could be free as well. And I said, wow, that's extremely powerful. Two comparisons of blood being shed so that we could be free here on this earth. And we can live free of condemnation. We can live, live free of fear. We can live free of doubt. We can live free of persecution. All of those things we can live free of because Jesus died on the cross for our sins. He died for you. 
So as we prepare our sacraments, you at home, those here in attendance, let's just take a moment. Let's gather, let's reflect, and let's just think about the blood that was shed for our freedom. We're going to pray real quick, and then I'll go into the uh, communion scripture with you. But what a wonderful occasion to partake of communion this morning. On a day that we celebrate the founding fathers getting together and signing that document so that we could be free. We get to come and commune together, free on earth and free in Christ because of the blood that was shed. Amen. What a powerful, powerful day. What a joy as well. As they were eating, Jesus took the bread and he blessed it. And then he broke it. And he gave it to the disciples saying, take this and eat it. For this is my body. This cracker this bread, this whatever you have at home, it represents the body that was broken on the cross so that you can have everlasting life, so that you could be redeemed, so that you could be saved, and so that you could sit in right standing with the Heavenly Father. Him dying on the cross, it wrote an entirely new law and a new covenant for all of existence going forward. The old law was then coming to an end and new life began on the cross out Calgary. Let's go and partake of the bread and remember the broken body. Jesus then took the wine, and he gave thanks to God for it, and he gave it to them, and he said, Each of you drink from it, for this is my blood, which confirms the covenant between God and his people. This is the blood that was shed so that we could be forgiven of all of our sins, so that no matter what you do, so no matter what has happened in your life in the past, no matter what is happening currently in your life here in the present, there is nothing that God cannot forgive you for. He loves you more than beyond measure. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. He died on the cross for your sins. He loves you more than you'll ever know. This blood was shed so that you could be forgiven of all your sins and so that when you die, you can go to heaven and forever live in glory next to his side. Let's go and let's partake of the blood. I'm going to pray and close with you this morning. And we're all going to move on to activities throughout the day. 
and we're going to celebrate with our family and we're going to cook and we're going to eat and we're going to pop fireworks and we're going to celebrate and we're going to joy the independence and the freedom that we have here on earth. Let's always remember Jesus died for our sins so that we could be free. So moving forward, let's continue to have faith. Let's continue to press. Let's continue to be a backbone of faith to our brothers and our sisters and our our friends and our colleagues and our associates and all the people that we come in contact with because they look up to us. They look up to us. Those that say we are followers of Christ, they look up to us, Sister Virginia. They look up to us every single day. We have to be that backbone. We have to be that foundation that they know that they can come to when they're in their time to struggle. And then we can give them the testimony that they need so that they can also find Christ. So I thank you. I want you to be safe today and whatever you do, I'm going to pray for you. And then we're going to be able to be dismissed this morning. But we love you there online. And we ask that you join us again here Sunday mornings at 9 o'clock. We're in New Orleans at, uh, at 10 o'clock. And then online Tuesday nights at 7 and Wednesday nights at 7 o'clock as well as here in the church. We love you. We thank you. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for everyone in the congregation today, Lord. Thank you for everyone that's at home watching on their on their televisions or their computer screens or their phones. Lord, you know what each and every person is dealing with individually, Lord. And we have faith. We have faith that no matter what we're going through, you are the God of perseverance. You're the God that can perform the miraculous at any time. And we have faith in all that you are capable of, Lord. We love you. We give you the glory. We give you the honor. We ask you, Lord, that you continue to give us the strength and the encouragement, Lord, to push through every single thing that we're dealing with, whether it's a battle at work, it's a battle at home, whether it's a struggle with an illness, whether it's some type of medical condition, whether it's a financial issue. All of these things, Lord, are done because of your will, and you're going to give us what we need, Lord, to push through and to strive through, Lord. I ask you, Lord, that can you continue to be with our folks as they continue to search for the purpose that they have in your kingdom. You, Lord, those that are feeling that they're lost right now, Lord, give them the insight. Give them the light at the end of the tunnel. Show them the path, Lord, so that they know that they are included, so that they know, Lord, that their life has substance, that their life does mean something. It means something in your kingdom, for we're all children of God. We thank you, Lord, for just being the, the foundation that we can build our lives upon, Lord. We thank you for all the blessings that you give us, Lord, no matter what is going on. We ask you, Lord, to be with us and stay with us as we go along our day and our week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful week again. Have a wonderful Fourth of July holiday. Be safe, and we will see you very soon.